Welcome to episode number two. You are listening to Reputation Radio. Got to get everything kind of set up here. Bear with me for one second. And you've actually come back. So that means that you enjoyed the first episode if you're here for the second episode. And that's great because I'm looking to bring good content for business owners, professionals, startup founders, People who are concerned about what appears online for their name when it's being searched. My name again is Alex. And first, I would like to give a shout out to our sponsor, 808beats.com. They have been so generous to provide the music that you hear in the intro and the outro. And if you are considering launching a podcast and you want to have some good music on that podcast, reach out to them, check out their website, 808beats.com, search for podcast music, and they do have podcast music that you can use to have an awesome intro. They do custom ad-libs and custom uh, intros and all the goodies that you would need production-wise, audio-wise for a podcast. Not just podcasts, but movies, documentaries, TV shows, YouTube videos, TikToks, Instagrams, everything. So just wanted to put that out there. Again, our sponsor, 808beats.com. And also, this is brought to you by myclearsearch.com, which is a ORM, online reputation management firm. Uh, A lot of their strategies and techniques are used to power up removemymugshot.org. All, of course, are umbrella companies under Incept Technologies, LLC. So let's get on to the topic of our reputation online and on the Internet. Hopefully you had a good Fourth of July holiday. I was hanging out with my in-laws, my family and by the lake house. I had a good time. Fourth of July. It was busy. We did some work. Um, and spent some quality family time, especially with some family I don't even really get to see that often, which is kind of interesting. And uh, it's kind of funny because uh, they were they were kind of interested in 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 how this whole process works and like what I'm doing and reputation management and and uh, you know the whole spiel as to kind of the whole stick. And I was kind of going over it with them. And they were kind of you know fascinated with it. It's interesting. People don't really consider their reputation online or on the internet or what comes up in a search for their name until something unfortunate happens, which usually is most commonly a DUI or some kind of domestic dispute, which results in somebody getting arrested, uh, which then, of course, generates a booking photograph, which then uh, gets syndicated, unfortunately, on the internet by a lot of low ball parasite kind of people you know that want to publish that kind of stuff on the internet and make money off advertising i kind of consider people who publish mugshots on the internet to i call them parasites basically and a parasite is like 
you're a parasite if you have certain occupations. Like, so if you go around booting cars, you're a parasite. If you work for the city, then you're not so much a parasite. But if you're just like some private company booting cars in a parking lot, you're a parasite for sure. Um, what's another example of a parasite? Like another good example. Give me a moment here. This is a long moment. <laughs> the best one I can think of is, is that the other is the tow truck driver, which kind of I feel like is too similar to the person booting the cars. But if you are a tow truck driver and you, you're towing someone's car because they're parked illegally or they're parked at an apartment complex and uh, you have a contract with that apartment complex and it's just some dude spending the night hanging out with his girlfriend or vice versa and you tow their car and they come out in the morning and their car is gone. You, sir, are a parasite. Now, if you're t towing the car because you're repossessing it, that's a little different. But um, that's a parasite. I'm sure I'll think of a couple of other parasites. Um, I could think of some other ones, but that delves into more of a political realm. And I, I don't like to do that. I want to stay completely neutral on our podcast in terms of political affiliation. I mean, I don't consider myself to have a political affiliation I do have ideals and things that I believe, but I don't consider myself to really have a political uh, uh, political identity. But I guess that in itself is a political identity. But anyway, I digress. I digress, I digress, I digress. So we were, you know, they were talking about reputation management. We were talking about people who don't think about their reputation until it becomes an issue. And when we wait until it becomes an issue, that makes it a, or it makes our approach reactive instead of proactive, which we all know in the world, it's probably best if you take a more proactive approach to things that could be a potential headwind in life. You know, it's, we get insurance, you know, to be proactive about black swan events like traffic accidents. You know, we have an IRA, a 401k for an anticipated event where we'll stop working before our end of life. Um, you have a, a rainy day fund because you're saving money in anticipation of something interrupting your income, which again, you know, is more of a black swan event, things that are atypical that we hope don't happen but we have to hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse. And if you're listening to my podcast, you are already more proactive and um, understanding the type of black swan events that can affect you online and that can affect organizations online. And, and it's a huge, huge, huge thing that organizations don't really think about all the time, um, but you rarely buy something on the internet without researching it first, without reading reviews, without possibly talking to peers. Um, and that's kind of the approach we advocate. You know, you gotta be proactive and you have to research. And our podcast, you know, I'm actually, I'll be honest with you, I'm actually just kind of free flowing it. And that may be evident in how I'm talking, um, but, I was thinking, you know, I actually should start really planning 
certain subjects to really get more in depth about. But they team typically team they typically seem to follow a pattern of whatever my last phone call was about. And uh, today is you know it's been a busy day. We've had a few phone calls, and they're all interesting. Every one of our clients and prospective clients are unique individuals with very unique situations and very unique circumstances. And you realize how individual each human is on the earth, even though we generally like to, you know, classify people and organize them into groups because that's, you know, what's the most efficient process for our brain. But in reality, we're all very different individuals. And this particular individual was, you know, they were super interested in kind of taking a legal approach to a mugshot, which I don't, I don't, you know, disagree with that in terms of the validity of it or the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The potential that that approach may have. Um, I don't disagree with that at all. I think, I think it's very, 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 um, I think if you were doing your diligence as a consumer, that would be an approach that you would definitely research and look at. And, uh, I've noticed a lot of lawyers have gotten into this space recently in terms of, I don't understand, I don't understand if their intent is more to get clients on the expungement and, and sealing part, or if they're actually intent on sending out to cease and desist letters to the different mugshot publishers, which seems to be the latter in terms of how some of these sites are optimized and ranked and some of the, the copy that appears on the sites. And I've actually spoken to one person who actually, um, attempted to go that route and it was cost prohibitive. It was $2,400. That particular lawyer was trying to charge for whatever the kind of program they were offering. I don't, I don't know the details on it and so forth. And, um, when I do research the, my competitors, because I always you know, look at what they're doing. We're the innovator. I mean, we, we, we are the first company that ever came into this space in terms of not having a relationship with a um, mugshot website. Uh, there was unpublished arrests that pretty much came out as soon as mugshots.com came out because they were obviously sister companies and people know that they've been you know, arrested and indicted and, and are facing charges in California. Um, but yeah, so this particular gentleman was like, you know, there's there's a law in Florida. I know DeSantis and, and you know, going on about the law. And that's, that's very true. There is a law in Florida. And there's a law in, I think at the time of this recording, approximately 23 states. And I want to say the most recent was in Oregon, where they enacted a law. Um, but the... The, the one particular thing that stuck with me that I saw a lawyer had written about on their website was that the internet is unregulated and that this is an unregulated industry and that a lawyer is somebody or something that's regulated, which I think is a valid point. I agree with that. You know, the internet is unregulated. Like if I was in this position, which I have been in this position before, which is how this company came into existence. But if I was, if I was somebody, you know, in 2020, searching on the internet and looking how looking at how i can get my mugshot removed i'd be weary like man like there's all these different companies some companies are saying oh you know it's this much per link um as soon as we take it down somebody else may republish it and it's going to be this much every time to take the link down other companies are like well those two companies are connected you know the reason why they're saying they can get it down in 48, 48 hours is because they, they have a partnership with that website. They are in cahoots. They have a symbiotic relationship with that particular website, which is how they can offer that kind of a time frame. Um, 
But the internet is unregulated. It is unregulated. There are a lot of regulated industries as well that have a lot of turmoil that don't work that well. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, I think of is kind of the stock market and the SEC. That's a regulatory body that's supposed to, you know, make it fair for the little guy and make it an even, an even playing field, which I think most people would say is not true in terms of, you know, trading stocks or looking at investments. It seems like a walled garden. Um, you could look at the airline industry with recently with the Boeing, you know, 737 MAX aircraft and how they had those particular failures. It seemed like the planes that crashed were planes that were piloted by pilots who weren't of a Western culture, which obviously shows that there's some kind of cultural significance in the type of training that they were offering to those pilots. But again, that was a regulated industry where essentially Boeing was allowed to self-regulate and their engineers were self-regulating and reporting what they thought were the anomalies within that aircraft and it was a closed system and it didn't have any checks and balances. It didn't have any fresh eyeballs on it. So again, that's regulated. The airline industry is heavily regulated. So the regulation argument, you know, it means something and it doesn't mean something. You know, RVs, they're not regulated at all. You could buy an RV and you drive that thing down the road, you live in it. That, you know, that's a vehicle that's, you know, endangering other people on the road with it. You know, that industry isn't really regulated, you know. Now, there's the NTHSB, National Transportation and Safety Board, that, you know, they investigate, you know, car crashes. They investigate plane crashes and transportation-related crashes. Um, but in terms of, like, how an RV is put together and what kind of standards it's supposed to meet or crash testing it or things like that, not really. I mean, the cab of that vehicle, if it's a commercial truck and it's one that you an RV that you're actually driving, you know, the cab of that vehicle might be... Um, tested or regulated but in terms of the weight dynamics that change when they add an rv on the back of it are they retesting that i don't think so so the internet isn't regulated it's never it never has been regulated it's sort of regulated in certain areas and the fbi will step in in certain times when they need to to protect consumers or uh, for certain security issues and, and the like so but the internet is, is largely unregulated and you, you can take two approaches to removing a mugshot you can get a lawyer and attempt to send a letter out, do a cease and desist, locate the website owner and serve them with the paperwork, wait for the lot of time. If they don't comply, then of course, you know, enact some kind of civil litigation against them or proceed with some type of civil litigation against them. Or you could simply just work with the algorithm of Google and create your own content that replaces a mugshot try to get it removed if you can, but if you can't suppress it, it's, it's fairly, the process has been ironed out in terms of suppression and how to suppress an image on the internet. Google's algorithm is going to change. That's hundred percent guaranteed. They're always going to change to provide the most authentic or what they, you know, what they feel is the most authentic, um, relevant search to any particular query that their user types in on their website. But, in terms of a low volume search, such as your name, and, the, and especially if you have a unique name or a name that you don't share with somebody who's famous, um, or it's not an overly common name, then their algorithm isn't going to be into the far reaches of those long tail searches that are low competition. That's why we take the approach of hiring an internet expert or somebody who is well versed in search engine optimization, because you're essentially just manipulating search results which 
in and of itself is against Google's terms of service or against their guidelines, but it happens every day. It's a form of marketing. It's a form of digital marketing called search engine optimization, otherwise known as SEO. So that is the approach we take, a forward-based approach to SEO. So it's kind of a long rant just kind of going on about that, but you know, I don't disagree with that. You know, it is an unregulated industry and people are fearful of mugshot removal companies. They're fearful of getting scammed. It's the unknown. They don't particularly know what's involved in the process. Even business owners, you know, I used to run an agency doing SEO for business owners. Even business owners are a bit mystified by the SEO experience in terms of how it's executed and the strategies and so forth. And a lot of them are skeptical of it because they paid other SEO consultants and they've gotten burned before. So, and, and there's a natural aversion to that. And I, I completely understand how people who are weary of search engine consultants or mugshot mobile services. That's why we try to kind of take a more authentic approach. You know, that's why we offer a podcast. That's why I've written a book, the book on it. <laughs> Shameless plug for my book on Amazon. Um, it's called Control Your Search if you're interested. Um, that's why we, we talk about, we put all the contact information from mugshot websites on our blog. So we want you to take the approach of trying to take it on yourself. Go ahead. Here's my number. Call me if you decide you want my help. Otherwise, good luck. I hope you don't call me back. And we have clients who don't need us. They take care of it on their own. We have other clients who don't even know what website's publishing the image. They just understand, they understand it as Google. So it depends on where you fall in that spectrum in terms of your knowledge of the internet and how confident you are in certain parts of the internet or confident you are in, in, in your ability to execute a strategy or, or take on the information and learn. Cause I mean, you could, there's nothing about SEO that isn't on the internet already. You could go there and research it and learn. It's kind of like installing an, an, a ceiling fan in my house. I'm not an electrician. But I went on YouTube and I was able to watch videos and I was able to do it. It took me like four hours and it probably would take an electrician, somebody who does it every day, 30 minutes. So, but now I feel like, you know, hey, I saved a little money. I did it myself. You know, there's studies that have shown like if you do something yourself, you value it way more than if somebody else did it for you. So like if you buy that furniture from Ikea and you put it together yourself and you assemble it, you value it way more. You're going to think it's worth more than $30 because you put that bitch together. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, again, I'm digressing. It's, it's something you have to decide as to whether or not you want somebody to take care of this for you and you just focus on whatever it is you're doing in your life. You know, it might be your career. It might be your business. It might be relationships. It might be studying. It might be traveling. It could be whatever. You want to hand it off and let, you know, somebody take care of it and not have to worry about it. You know, like there's a two-year guarantee. These guys have been around for a while. I don't have to worry about it. Or it's something you're like, hey, I have extra time. I'm going to take it on. By all means, by all means, take it on. I mean, I, I definitely encourage people to, I'm always an advocate of learning new skills, learning new tasks. And even if you decide, like, it's not something you want to do. The more knowledge you have about it, the better you are, you know, in terms of managing and delegating out that task and, and understanding if they're doing what they're supposed to and if the milestones are being met. It's kind of like right now I'm trying to automate some stuff that we do. And um, 
I have to really get hands-on into some of this AI stuff and these machine learning models in order to understand them better, to know if that developer understands and has uh, has the knowledge they need to execute what we want to be executed. So I don't, you know, I don't shun people from learning. I think it's a lifelong journey is to learn. So now that we've had episode two of the podcast, I'm actually going to wrap it up. I have a meeting I got to jump into. Um, I'm going to have to come out with a schedule and do this on a regular basis and have more defined topics other than what was the last call about, (laughs) if you know what I mean. So that being said, look to our website and look to your favorite podcasting site. We will be updating our bio and getting a good schedule set up and covering topics that we feel are relevant to our audience, who are business owners, startup founders, professionals, students, people transitioning careers, people who are looking to build new relationships. We have to generate content for those type of people who are our clients who are interested in, in, in topics that are related to those things that they're trying to do, or they're trying to accomplish those endeavors in life. And again, before I go, I want to give another shout out to our sponsor, 808beats.com. They're putting together the music on this podcast. I'd also like to give a shout out to myclearsearch.com, which is the, the, the company for online reputation management that actually powers our strategy that we use for mugshot removal. And this is your host, Alex Adicola. Thank you for sticking around with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. <laughs>